0: To the world of horror and my name's andy join me as i take a look at some lesser known horror movies and today's film is werewolf in a girl's dormitory uh the italian name was called lycanthropus it's an italian werewolf movie which we don't really get too many of those so it's kind of interesting i'm gonna have to see if i can find some more italian werewolf movies because i know there are plenty of spanish ones with the likes of paul Naschy. So, Werewolf in a Girl's Dormitory, it was uh, directed by Paolo Huch and written by Ernesto Gastaldi. Now, Hiusch uh, is known for, he's an Italian film director and screenwriter, and the writer Ernesto Gastaldi, he was an Italian screenwriter, he was described as the first Italian screenwriter to specialize in horror and thriller films. He also worked in several popular genres, including Western and spy films. The film was produced by Guido Guillain-Bartolome. Yeah, you're going to hear me uh, trying to pronounce all these Italian names, and it prob- I'm probably going to butcher most of them, so I apologize in advance. So Guido, the producer, he was an Italian film producer. he's also involved with the running of Rome-based football club S.S. Lazio at one point. The film starred Barbara Lass. She was a Polish actress and she plays the role of Priscilla. She was married to Roman Polanski in 1959 and divorced in 1962. The cinematographer was Renato Del Frate. He was an Italian cinematographer who worked on more than 50 films during his career. The music was by Armando trova He was an Italian film composer and pianist. With over 300 credits as a composer, and/or conductor, many of them jazz scores for exploitation films, he'd also collaborate with Vittorio De Sica on a number of projects. The film's production company was Royal Film. The Werewolf and the Girls' Dormitory was shot in 1961 around Sena Studios in Rome. In the film, director Paolo Husch is credited under the name Richard Benson. One of the film's screenwriters, Ernesto Gastaldi. Explained that it was mandatory to give yourself an English name in Italian productions of the time because that's the way the producers wanted it. So the actor that plays the werewolf in the film described the werewolf transformations as being shot in reverse, starting with full makeup and shot in reverse with more elements of his transformation being removed. The whole process shot with dissolves taking over three hours. The actor described shooting the film as a chaotic experience with actors all predominantly speaking different languages, namely French, English, Italian, and German. The movie was released in Italy on November 9, 1961, where it was distributed by Cineres. The film grossed a total of 115 million Italian lira on its theatrical run. The film was shown in the United States on June 6, 1963, where it was distributed by MGM. The American version of the film adds the rock song, The Ghoul in School to the opening credits. The song was written by Marilyn Stewart and Frank Owens. The song had vocals by Adam Keefe and was released on a 45 distributed by Cub Records. The film has been released on DVD by Alpha Video and also Retro Media. Often reviews kind of say a downside to this movie is the, the bad dubbing and also trying to make the film Happened in the United States when it was filmed in Italy, and other critics saying that the film has a slow pace and poor dumbing as well. The actor Carl Schell was the younger brother of Maximilian Schell and Maria Schell. When this movie was released, it was released in a double feature with Corridors of Blood, a 1958 movie. So, like I said, I'm not too familiar with Italian werewolf movies, so this, and I think these are pretty unique. So, um, I think there's another one. Uh, that was made a little bit later. Than this one I may take a look at. I'll have to look at the name. I can't remember at this point. It's funny. The uh, so the original name was *Lycanthropus*, and but it was distributed in the United States as *A Werewolf in a Girl's Dormitory*. So I have a feeling that the U.S. distributors wanted to kind of create a more—I uh, don't know—a compelling name for people to go see this movie because. The, the other name, the Italian name, is probably a little bit too cerebral for somebody wanting to go see a 1960s monster movie. A scream of it! A nightmare of fiendish horrors. Unbelievable until you see it with your own horror-stricken eyes. Since I've been here, I've been trying to capture a wolf to extract his glands. But tell me, Professor, have you ever experimented on yourself? A new doctor, suspect. Beauties, the prey of fiendish desires. A village up in arms. starting off, we are introduced to character Dr. Julian Alcott as he arrives at a girls reformatory school and he's going to be their new science teacher. And we learn as he's talking to the school's uh, headmaster, Mr. Swift, uh, we learn that uh, Julian has a troubled past, but Mr. Swift is willing to look over that and give him a second chance, give him a fresh start. As the school is a reformatory for troubled girls, they believe that these girls can be institutionalized, can be reformed, and can be productive members of society. So it's not really like a normal girls' school. This is like girls have gotten trouble, like legal troubles, most likely, and they've been sent here to uh, to kind of work out their sentence, or uh, you know, because they may, they're probably underage. So working out their sentence, and to uh, once they get out of the school, then they can kind of go back into society but this intro with Julian it kind of gives us a question what did he do what was it in his past that made because he was a medical doctor and now he can't be a medical doctor any longer he's a science teacher so it really gives you this sense of uh, this question of what did he do in his past and Julian he Dr. Alcott he really makes quite the entrance all the girls really definitely notice him And one girl in particular, Mary, she takes advantage of the whole situation and she fakes fainting by passing out in order to get sent to the infirmary. And I guess it's easier to sneak out of the infirmary. That's really the only purpose that I can see that she went there. Because that night, Mary decides to sneak out. And we really don't know if she's meeting a boy. What's going on here? So uh, as she's sneaking out, uh, a couple of other girls, Priscilla and another girl, are looking out the window of the dormitory. And they see Mary sneaking out, and they also see this woman named Lenore, who is the wife of Mr. Swift, the headmaster. She's kind of walking around outside, too, in the courtyard, and she sees Mary sneaking out, but she hides. She doesn't stop Mary, and so the girls are wondering, why didn't she stop Mary? And they figure, well, it's because Lenore did not want to be seen as well. So she hides as Mary sneaks off, and then she continues about her business once the coast is clear. So we're really wondering what is going on at the school. Everybody's like sneaking around and I doing sneaky stuff. I don't know. (laughs) And also, and I, they have this constant howling going on. All these wolves are howling in the woods around the school. You know, the school is surrounded by this forest. And it's just, I don't know why. They just made it to where the wolves were constantly howling and the girls are scared. I don't know if this is some kind of psychological method to get them to stay inside the school or what. But it seems to work for the most part, except for Mary. She doesn't care so we we see mary uh we see who she's meeting up she meets up with the caretaker first in the woods and they kind of talk about money being exchanged and some shifty stuff going on so he takes her further into the woods and uh she meets up with a mr whiteman alfred whiteman and i'm not sure i think he's another teacher at the school it's not super clear i think he's a teacher though um but it turns out that Mary and Mr. Whiteman have been having an affair, but Mr. Whiteman wants it to be over. And Mary has some letters from him that are pretty damning, uh, that will probably ruin his reputation if they come out. So she is kind of like blackmailing him in a sense. She's wanting to get out of the school and kind of holding these letters as for ransom to get him to get her out of the school. But he says he's powerless to do that. He has no way to get her out, and so she threatens to expose him to the rest of the school. And she runs off, and he tries to stop her, but he can't stop her. She runs away, and Mr. Whiteman returns to his house. And uh, his wife, Sheena, she re- she fully knows what's going on, and she kind of, you know, just accepts it at this point, I guess. So as Mary's walking back to the school in the woods, she's attacked by somebody, but not a normal person. This guy has some big claws and is choking and slashing up her neck and chest and then we see then mary's dead and the next day they discover her dead body on the grounds and everybody's shocked by the discovery uh the good doctor julian alcott is is uh, tasked with examining the body before the police get there or actually the police are already there so he's examining the body while the police are there trying to give them some clues as to what might have happened to her and we get to actually see that her body you know it's just the actress but her eyes are like really wide, like she just died scared and she has some scratch marks on her neck and so the other girls naturally they want to see mary too but the doctor and the headmaster they will not let them in the infirmary and so one of mary's friends priscilla is the one that saw her earlier sneaking out priscilla is assigned with handing out the girl's mail for the day and priscilla sees a letter to mary and she takes it and she hides it up her sleeve because she feels like there might be something because on the letter there's no return address so she's thinking that the letter looks suspicious so she hides it in her sleeve and uh later in the dorm priscilla reads the letter opens it up and it's anonymous letter which she probably already knew but it looks like somebody is somebody is threatening mary telling her to stop blackmailing them and so priscilla hides the letter in the top drawer of her dresser but it's kind of sticking out a little bit as she puts in the dresser and we kind of see somebody's kind of spying on her in the background. And uh, so, you know, in the next scene, we see Mr. Whiteman uh, in the infirmary as well and he sees Mary's body and he's shocked you know, by her murder and he has a very strong reaction and in my guess, it would probably be relief. Hey, I'm not being blackmailed anymore. Woohoo, you know. Uh, it's his lucky day, but anyway... So Priscilla goes and tells the headmaster, Hey, I found this letter for to Mary. Um, is probably, it's probably from her murderer because it's talking about her blackmailing them and threatening her to stop or she'll be hurt or something like that. The headmaster go gets the detectives that are at the school and they go back to Priscilla's dorm and lo and behold, the letter is gone. And so everybody thinks that Priscilla is just trying to get attention. And so... Throughout the rest of the movie, we have Priscilla and Julian. They kind of team up. um, And they investigate kind of what is going on at the reformatory, at the reform school. And it seems like there was a pattern of the school leadership taking advantage of the girls that attend there. um, With some of the teachers taking liberties with the girls. And even with Priscilla and Julian, he's a new science teacher. And it's almost like they're kind of trying to form this... Relationship or something as they're investigating, and it's probably not super appropriate given the context. And, and you know, of course, all the girls have passed are less than perfect, and so that kind of lends them to being victims, probably because they won't, don't they? Probably are threatened that if they tell of the indiscretions, that they'll be stuck at the school for longer or something like that. Um, and the staff, you know, as we've seen, they also don't have the highest moral standards. Um, Except for the headmaster, Mr. Swift, he seems to be on the level. Uh, He seems to be a nice guy. So as the movie progresses, we do learn more and more about what the threat is. Uh, And you guessed it, it's a werewolf. I mean, there's no surprise there, really. Uh, But the approach that this movie takes is is more from a scientific approach, and it's about lycanthropy. And we get more of a scientific explanation of the werewolf. Talking about the full moon and how it affects the body and the pituitary gland and things like that. It's kind of interesting, but... It's probably more pseudoscience than real science, but I enjoyed it anyway. So but there's still a mystery about who the werewolf actually is, because we don't get a clear shot of the werewolf until kind of closer to the end of the movie. So we have a werewolf, and we also have all the schemes happening behind the scenes at the school. Cause we have the caretaker Walter, he's kind of involved in this stuff, like and I think he's kind of involved to kind of throw the the uh, trail off of maybe like the teachers that Like the other teacher, Mr. Whiteman, that might be involved, he kind of hires Walter to kind of do his dirty work, it seems like. And so, to be honest, there's not a lot of action in this movie. It's a werewolf movie, but we don't get a lot of werewolf action. We don't really see the werewolf that much in this movie, which is a shame. Um, It's a pretty slow-moving movie. There's a lot of investigation going on, and it's a lot more about the, uh, you know, we see more about the plots and stuff that are going on. And the drama that are going on between some of the people at the school and uh, some of the paranoid uh, thoughts that happen with the townspeople because of the werewolf. And they kind of uh, falsely accuse people of being the werewolf. So that's kind of interesting. Um, The leads, Priscilla and Julian, they're pretty they're very likable, I would say. You know, my one complaint here is that the werewolf really only kills. There's there's like six people killed in this movie and the werewolf really only kills one person. There are six killers in this movie. I'm just gonna say that, and you can try to guess who kills who. <laughs> anyway, it's there's very little werewolf, very little girls' dormitory. You know, if that's your thing, you know, because that title "werewolf in the girls' dormitory," it's like ooh, you might, you know, get to see some uh, sleazy scenes. But no, not really. Um, but this movie was enjoyable for me. Um, it's it's cheesy. You know, it, it has bad dubbing. Um, but it just has that charm to it. I love, I love these dub movies. Um, it kind of takes me back to my childhood watching the old Godzilla movies. So I enjoyed this movie. It's probably not going to be for everybody as far as like horror movie fans. Um, if you like older black and white movies, you'll probably enjoy this movie. Um, and if you're, uh, more into like the action packed, more contemporary horror movies, this is probably not going to be for you. Even if you're a big werewolf movie fan, this, this movie is probably not going to be for you. Uh, because there's just not that much werewolf action and the werewolf makeup is it's okay but it's pretty basic this is a pretty low budget movie that you can tell um so like i said i i so i watched this movie on youtube i found a really good transfer on there so this movie is also streaming on freebie which is on amazon and uh something called cult Picks. i'm not sure what that is and also on the uh cineverse website cineverse streaming service so if you want to, so if you don't want to go to YouTube and watch it, there's a few other options for you. Probably the freebie version. Uh, you have to watch some ads, but on the YouTube version, you don't have to watch any ads, and it's a it's a good transfer. Uh, one last thing I want to mention before I go is I also appear on another podcast quite a bit as the All Things Dave podcast, and my good buddy Dave that is a co-host on this show. Um, he has his own podcast, and we talk about a lot of horror movies on there. So go check that out it's the all things dave podcast we get together at least a couple times a month and talk about a horror movie so definitely go over there and check that out i really appreciate him having me on Um, it gives me a chance to talk about some other movies um, and it's always fun to, to podcast with him whenever i get the chance i'm andy and you've been listening to the world of horror